get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With former Blue Superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. If you've been paying any attention to these NHL negotiations with the NHLPA, if you want to call them that, you've probably seen Alan Walsh's name come across your timeline on Twitter. He's an NHL player agent joining us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Alan, really appreciate the time today, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, Alan. And uh, I guess the first thing I'd like to ask you is, how's our boy David Perron doing? Because he has been playing fantastic for the Blues uh, since his, his what third time back with the club. Um, brought a Stanley Cup here, and he's found his shake and bake with Ryan O'Reilly on that line. Uh, is David Perron just itching to go right now? He is ready to go. An interesting fact about David, um, every NHL contract he's ever signed has been with the St. Louis Blues, even though he's played with five different NHL teams. As an agent, does he just come to you and say, hey, Alan, I know you want to give me the most money, (laughs) but listen, it's it's just going to be the Blues, so if you want to drum up some interest (laughs) elsewhere, that's fine, but I, I want to play in St. Louis. He just loves St. Louis. He loves the organization. You know, they drafted him way back when. Uh, I don't think when he left the first time he ever thought he would be coming back. I certainly don't think he ever thought when he left the second time he'd ever (laughs) be coming back. Um, You know, there's some sort of uh, uh, interesting synergies between uh, uh, David and, and Army. Uh, the city and and the organization, uh, you just keep coming back for more. Yeah, Alan, I can tell you, look, obviously I'm from Ottawa, Canada, and I'm living in St. Louis, Missouri (laughs) right now. There is something about this city that keeps guys here. As you know, lots of guys retire here, and we have a fantastic alumni. So it's great to have guys like David Perron who – you know, quite honestly, they, they're ringing the bell for the other guys around the league to come and check it out in St. Louis because he's done a fantastic job of being an ambassador for the team. Absolutely. And, and as you said, uh, everyone in, in hockey knows uh, what a great city St. Louis is and how many uh, former players, former Blues settle uh, in St. Louis uh, post-career. The Alumni Association there is probably one of the strongest in the league and uh david certainly has not been uh, shy to express to the world uh on his uh social media channels and in interviews 
uh, and to people talking one-on-one how much he truly loves the city and what a great place it is to live. Alan Walsh joining us here on 101 ESPN. He's an NHL player agent, agent specifically for David Perron here in St. Louis as well. And Alan, we're all looking forward to watching David Perron this season, and hopefully we can do that sooner rather than later. But the main reason why we wanted to have you on is because you've been very vocal on Twitter about what's going on right now between the NHL and the NHL player negotiate NHL players association rather in these negotiations, if you want to call them that, as I said earlier, uh, what is your read right now, Alan, on the latest with, like, can the NHL actually take this back? Is, is Would it be considered a lockout? What, what's going on? What are the owners trying to accomplish right now, in your opinion? Well, first of all, don't call it a renegotiation or Gary Batman will get very angry with you because he's uh, tried to make a point uh, a couple of days ago that, uh, even though he's come to the table trying to renegotiate the uh, just concluded and signed CBA extension four months ago, um, it's not a renegotiation. What's going on here? Um, cutting to the chase, I think uh, uh, for the first time uh, in Gary's history negotiating collective bargaining agreements, he did not include the owners in the negotiation. So the deal got done and it was presented to the owners after the fact. The owners approved and ratified the CBA unanimously. Uh, And I think at the end of the day, Gary Bettman made a bet. And the bet he was making was that there would not be a severe second wave of COVID across North America And by December, January, the NHL would be able to start the 2021 season with uh, a certain percentage of fans in the building. That has not come to pass. The situation we're in now is when the NHL does start up, uh, there will not be fans in the building. So we are truly looking at uh, what can be classified as the worst-case scenario revenue-wise to start the season. The most important factor that people need to know is that I'm told both sides, Gary Bettman uh, and the people who were negotiating the deal with him, like Bill Daly and so forth, and the NHLPA together put uh, three scenarios on the table during their negotiations – a worst-case scenario of no fans in the building through most of the season, a moderate-case scenario with a certain number of fans in the building, maybe 25% throughout the season, and a best-case scenario, uh, certainly nowhere near the $4.8 billion to $5 billion of HRR that was originally projected for 2021, but something in the neighborhood of about 3.4, 3.5 billion of HRR. So all three scenarios were considered, discussed. They were used as a framework going forward. And then the two sides made this deal. And no one knew which scenario would come to pass, but they were all on the table during the negotiation. So I've been hearing from some people now, well, The NHL didn't know. Gary didn't know how bad it would be. That's not factually correct. Yes, no one knew 
how bad it could be, but every scenario was considered carefully by both sides. Uh, they made the deal, and you know I'm not the NHLPA. Don Fear is leading the NHLPA. The players are very involved. There's a 16-player committee. They're making the decisions, and I have full faith in Don Fear, uh, the senior management staff at the PA, and the players to do what's right for them and for the game. But from my point of view as an agent, representing players in the league, a deal is a deal. We're talking with Alan Walsh here again. You catch him on Twitter, at Walsh A. He is the co-managing director for Octagon Hockey Sports Agent and Lawyer. And let's isolate that last word, lawyer, okay? Because I have talked about this, Alan, in the last week to 10 days. And I said, I can't imagine with the NHL releasing this successful CBA during a pandemic, they were applauded by pretty much any sport that could find them and said, wow, what a great job. Now, how does the NHL not include an out clause, meaning certain benchmarks along the way that if they're not achieved, if we don't have a certain percentage of fans that are allowed to come to the game, overall total attendance for the league or total revenue for the league, then guess what? This B clause over here kicks in and the escrow would go up or more deferred money. It would automatically kick in. Now, I don't necessarily think the players would have went for that, but at least it would have been an option for the NHL. This just looks, in my opinion, having been a a former player through three separate lockouts, this does not give the warm, fuzzy feeling to the players that the owners are like, oh, by the way, we're just kidding. We want to get back to the table. And, And you make a great point, but what people need to always keep in mind here is that the very foundational basis to the CBA and CBA extension is a 50-50 split of hockey-related revenues between the league side and the player side. And that hasn't changed here. The only thing we are really discussing is the timing of payments and when one side is going to be made whole. So from 30,000 feet... Can, can I describe the, the very essence of the CBA extension? Sure. The players' interests here were getting as much of their 2021 compensation as possible, no matter what happens. And the number that was negotiated between both sides and agreed upon is 72% of the face value of their contracts. Now, if the players receive that amount, yes, they are going to receive well over 50% of HRR. But what gets lost in the legalese and explanations is that the amount over 50% is classified as an escrow debt, and it's carried over to the next year. And if the players are receiving any amount over 50% in the 21-22 season, that is also carried over to the next year as an escrow debt. But what's happening is the cap is remaining, the upper limit is remaining flat. The NHL, all professional sports, society as a whole, we're going to return to some level of normalcy. 
And when we do, with the new U.S. TV broadcast deal, revenue streaming deals, other sources of revenue, the cap stays flat. The owners are really going to be getting the first new revenues off the top to make themselves whole. And over the life of the six years encompassing the two years remaining on the old deal, four years into into the extension, plus perhaps an additional option year, the owners are going to end up at the end of the day at 50% for this season. They're going to be made whole. So it's just a matter of how quickly they're going to be made whole. What's happening now is there's, I hear, about four or five owners who are very unhappy with this deal and the fact they're going to be carrying over a number of years a debt and they won't be made whole by the players for you know, originally maybe it was thought two or three years, and probably now it's more likely four or five years. And that's the part they don't like. So one thing, too, Alan, I don't think can be overlooked is the owners do get their share of the expansion money from Seattle, which uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that money is not in play as far as the 50-50 revenue sharing is concerned. Uh, So they do have that pool of money available to them. At least they have that. Now, in a perfect world, Alan, if you were the guy, if you're sit- able to sit in the middle and be Switzerland right now, I know that's difficult, <laughs> but if you're able to do that, what do you think is, is the best solution, in your, in your opinion, to get this thing done and over with and get all these guys back on the ice and let us watch some damn hockey? Look, that's what we all want. I mean, I, lo- I love the game. I've been involved in the game my whole life. Um, I- I've been passionate about the game since I was six years old. Growing up in Montreal, uh, we all miss hockey, the players, agents, uh, people in your position, uh, people working with teams, uh, maybe even Gary Bettman. Uh, everybody misses hockey and wants it to come back. But we have a deal, and the ink is barely dry on the deal that was negotiated be- between both sides. So why should we in any way vary from the deal that was negotiated. And, and, and I'll say this, just imagine for a second if it was the players coming to the table right now and saying, yeah, you know that deal we negotiated four months ago? <laughs> We're not happy with that deal right now, and we'd like a do-over on some of the very material terms of that deal for this season would you guys be willing to give us a little more? <laughs> I could just imagine that. That would not go over well. No, it wouldn't. Well, Alan, thank you so much. Again, he's Alan Walsh. You catch him on Twitter, at Walsh A, sports agent and lawyer for Octagon Hockey. Alan, really great stuff today. We really appreciate you taking the time and, and clarifying a lot for our listeners and certainly Uh, Hopefully we end up watching hockey sooner than later. Absolutely. It's a privilege being with you guys anytime. Awesome.